You're listening to the Songwriter's Diary. Today's episode features Jess B. Jess is a rapper and former netball player based in Tamaki Makoto. Thanks for joining me today, Jess. For some of our listeners who may not have heard of you, please tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. Um, so my name is Jess B and I am an artist from Auckland. I have been doing music like professionally now for three years no yeah three years over three years which has been cool and um my I'm of Kenyan heritage I can't believe it's only been three years yeah well I mean I guess like before I've been doing music I guess for about I've been around the scene for probably like four or five now but um I didn't actually leave my job um, for a couple of years once I got started and then I guess that's kind of when I really count my music career starting because that was when I kind of had nothing else to fall back on and so I really just went all in so that's what I count yeah. What was it like leaving your job and saying okay I'm gonna focus on music because I'm I'm at that stage now I just left my job and I feel like I go back and forth like shoot what did I do shoot how am I gonna pay my bills like so for you, what was that like? How did you internalize that? It was definitely nerve wracking. I think it's like taking any big leap is so scary because obviously there's always the worst case scenario, which is, you know, that it doesn't work out. But at the same time, I, I kind of use that to rationalize the job that I was working in. It's, I was working at DHL, which is like, you know, the career company. And um, I was just doing office work there and it wasn't really that inspiring. And so actually... For me, I was kind of like, you know, the worst that can happen is that music doesn't work out. And if music doesn't work out, it's still kind of okay because I didn't really want to be in that job forever. Yeah. Um, so either way, I kind of needed to go and explore other things. Um, and yeah, luckily for me, I guess it it worked out in the end. Um, but I do think I do think that I've always thought that when you kind of open up that space for those new things to happen, the opportunities just kind of find you. So like, you know, just, it was like, as soon as I left my job, um, things that I wouldn't have been able to do while I was working full time, all of a sudden were, an, were like became an option. Um, and actually it started to create a, like a bit of a domino effect. Um, yeah. It's almost like all of a sudden you have, I mean, you had time before, um, it's just that you were at work, but you had now had time to take on new opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And even just like creating, um, having the time to really focus on that um, and be able to connect with other people who are in that space as well. Yeah, it all just kind of felt like it, it clicked into place for me. It never felt like the wrong, you know, it wasn't easy, especially like the, the first like, you know, couple of years were not, I really was like um, living off, you know, noodles and all the rest of it like every other artist but um at no point during that did I think I was doing the wrong thing um so I guess my intuition was always like even if it doesn't work out in the way that you want it's the right path to be walking for right now yeah so prior to 2017 what were you doing um so before 2017 which was um that was around the time that I started doing gigs. So I left my job at the end of 2017. Um, so I guess it was basically 2018. But um, throughout the year of 2017 was kind of when I um, 
started doing gigs for the first time. And I guess um, the path to getting there came through the K Road community. The year before that, I had gotten into um, creating music. God, it was really bad, actually, now when I listen back. But at the time, I was making songs and I was putting them on, on uh, SoundCloud. And I had decided that I wanted to make, do like a bunch of these kind of like freestyles and like songs I'd made. I wanted to like put out and make videos for them all, like just cheap videos. So I um, did that with a friend of mine who was at uni. Um, his name's Cameron. Um, we just went with his camera and shot with no money. I think it was eight, seven or eight videos um, to these freestyles. And then I uploaded them to Facebook, which was like, I guess at the time, like the kind of like way to potentially go viral. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the very first one that I posted, which was a video I fil- I shot on K Road, um, did really well, like um, had heaps of likes and comments and stuff. And I think that was the first time that people in the K Road music community first knew of me. Um, and so through that, I was able to get my first gig for a um, band called the Boombox Eulogy, um, a guy called Simba, um, who was the the rapper, I guess, in that band. He asked me to come and play at their um, their album launch. So that was the very first time I, um, I performed. It was at Neck of the Woods. After that, it was kind of like, you know, like a couple of people saw me there and then asked me to do another one. And then so slowly but surely I started kind of like meeting more people and doing more gigs. And it sort of just built from there. You were just doing what you loved and then um, people were asking you to either come perform with them or for them. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I think I was pretty, I was pretty sure that that was what I wanted to do. And I guess I was definitely trying pretty actively to put myself in a position for that to happen. Um, so I I remember when I was like strategizing doing these videos and I kind of, I knew exactly why I was doing it, you know, and it was specifically to kind of like intro myself into these like music scenes where it's all about, you know, connecting with people in real life and meeting people and sharing space and ideas and stuff. So yeah, I guess once, once I had done that, then I guess, yeah, people started like maybe noticing more and wanting to, or being interested in, helping me out or yeah well as a fan um for me (laughs) as a little black girl um for me I only at the time I only knew of one other I don't like putting people in boxes but um or generalizing but I only knew one other female rap artist in New Zealand from African descent and so it was quite nice seeing someone else I remember, um, I, I can't even remember exactly what video I saw, but it's the video where you are, I think it's a pool. Oh, take it down. Yeah, that's the first uh, music video that mm. I saw. And I was like, wow, she's so cool. She's amazing. Oh, thanks. So. And um, yeah, I was like, she's amazing. And I've been like watching and listening to your music since then. And you're amazing. And as someone from Africa, Zambia, um, living in New Zealand, it is very 
inspiring and encouraging seeing other people who look like you doing the same thing you know Absolutely. the same thing that you want to do oh thank you that really means a lot yeah and honestly I feel the same way I feel the exact same way and that's why I think like I've been so you know I'm a fan of you as well you know and I think that there's something in that like I'm I guess we're all looking for some of the same stuff you know so it's really cool when you can actually like connect on it yeah so I was listening to All Nine to the World oh, Freestyle. Yeah. And what I love about your music is you're pretty much just talking about your life. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> but you're pretty much just talking about your life and your friends and what you do and what you believe in. Um, and All Nine to the World is my favorite are you able to talk a bit about O9 to the world? Yeah, sure. And just break it down, um, you know, what space, where you were at when you wrote that song? Yeah, so I guess, like, the project that that's from is called Three Nights in Amsterdam. And it's so funny because it's it's so dear to my heart in this way that's really hard to, like, um, it's, it's really different from the first two projects I did, which were quite, they were more, like, considered um and they were you know I really sat down and wanted to make a project and I kind of had like themes I wanted to discuss and all of the rest of it almost more like an album process um but this project I almost happened by complete chance um so I was over in London with um my best friend collaborator DJ uh, half queen um sh her name's Shaq and um we were over there uh for a music opportunity that we were really really lucky to get and while we were there I had the opportunity to fly to Amsterdam and work with a producer um called MOW and at the time I really didn't know anything about him I didn't know anything about the scene in Amsterdam um but obviously I was 100% down just for the just for the memes, you know what I mean? I was like, even if this goes really badly, like I went to Amsterdam <laughs> for like three days and it was cool, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so um, I kind of went over on a whim and I nearly got lost on the way to the studio. Like Dutch isn't like, like Dutch words, you can't read it. Like, in, so I just had like, so I was getting an Uber to the studio on the first day, got lost no idea where I was, nearly turned around and went home, managed to find it. And then it was like, as soon as I got in there, it was just like, honestly, one of the best like musical experiences I've maybe ever had. Um, just because I had been sort of searching for this sound for so long and I couldn't, I hadn't been able to quite pin it down in New Zealand. And it was like the very first beat that this guy played me, I was just like, oh my God, this is, this is the sound. Like this kind of fusion of all the things I love, like reggaeton, dancehall, EDM, hip hop, you know, Afro beats, all these things kind of in this mm -hmm. like amazing package. So what kind of happened over the next three days was just me being super inspired and literally just writing what came to my mind. So um, with 09 to the World Freestyle, it's kind of as literal as it could possibly get. Um, so, you know, I was kind of having this weird out-of-body experience where I would kind of become aware of myself in the studio, 
in the middle of Amsterdam where I can't read the street signs with this guy I just met like a couple of hours ago. And I was like, oh my God, like this is, I think this is it. Like, I think this is the dream. I think I'm actually living it. Um, (laughs) Which is a really, it's like some people. Was that the moment you you realized you're living the dream? In a weird way, I honestly think it was because all I've really wanted to do with music was travel and make it and meet great people and like have fun. and just in this way, it was like music was the only reason that I was even in Europe. So all these kind of by chance things happened that led me to this space where I was just having the best time with this guy making music. Um, so I guess 09 to the world was just really me thinking about like, damn, like we're really from Auckland city. Like I was born in this tiny ass country with, you know, a small population with a small community, you know, like the African community is so small. Um, And somehow I've managed to get myself to Amsterdam. Like it it just really was blowing my mind the whole time. So I guess that's where the inspiration for that particular song came from. But even when I think about it now, I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily like a numbers game or like a, how big can you take it? Or like, what's the biggest crowd you could ever perform to. It's like those sorts of moments that are kind of like the best because it just felt so, yeah, meant to be in this, yeah, in this really strange way. So, yeah, so I spent three days in Amsterdam and then I made a, and out of that came enough songs for a project. So Oh, so the whole project the whole was project. made within those three project. days. Yeah, I did come <laughs> home to New Zealand and re-record a couple of things. Um, but for the most part, the whole thing, yeah, was made. That's how that's how intense and amazing it was. I was just so inspired that I was writing like um, really quickly and kind of moving on to the next one really quickly. So last week, I sat down on my computer and within twenty minutes, I wrote a whole my whole EP. And I was just well, I just quit my job. I'm feeling good something's in the air for me right now and I feel like songs are just coming Mm. to me so I feel like when you're in a good space and in the right circumstances and situations good things like good songs just come to you because I I can imagine it's it's probably a project that you you hadn't thought about like you hadn't drafted it before that moment no not at all like I did and that's the thing I didn't even know I was going to be in Amsterdam let alone write it like I I definitely had when while we were over in um Europe I definitely wanted to take time to make music with people like that was definitely a goal of mine for the trip um but I had no idea I didn't even know who this guy was do you know what I mean and now we're still working together So he's been one of the best connections that I've ever made in music, just in terms of like a working relationship. Like we work remotely. He's in Amsterdam and I'm in New Zealand. And it was kind of like we felt the same way about each other creatively. And, you know, when you find that, it's really, um, that's really amazing. How do you choose who you want to work with? Is it just based on your vibe of that person? Or is it something that you like actually sit down and think about like, okay, is this the right person? I don't think I've ever, it's never been that deep. Uh, But I think that naturally for it to really work, all of those things exist. 
Do you know what I mean? Like you'll vibe with them mm. as a person. So you'll be having a good time in the studio together and you'll feel comfortable uh, sharing your ideas and trying new things. Um, and then on top of that, obviously you have to be a real big, like you have to be a fan of, of what they create as well. And then, um, but I think the best studio experiences uh, have happened with just people I enjoy spending time with as well as I love what they sound like or I love, or love what their sound is, you know. Are you an independent artist or are you signed? I am an independent artist. Um, I have a, um, I am signed to The Orchard, which is a distribution um, company uh, based out of New York, but running through via Sydney. Um, and so mm. they do things like just distribution deals where they, um, in essence, help put your music out once you've received it. So I don't really have any, I don't have any creative input um, from them. Uh, I kind of deliver the finished final product um, and they help me put it out to the world, I guess, in the best way that they um, can and with their connections. Um, so it's been a good relationship. Do you think that that's probably going to be the way forward for a lot of artists? Because I do have some friends who have, haven't had the best experiences with mm. being mm. signed. Um, it's not everyone, but um, there are a few that have. But do you think that's the way forward for independent artists? I think, like, as a first step forward, absolutely. Like, mm. I think that um, sometimes – I think that there is definitely ways in which labels, major labels, can help elevate someone to that next step um I think especially in a small country like New Zealand where you know within two or three years of being in the industry I had met of my own accord many of the important people I'd had many conversations I'd booked shows I'd gotten a booking agent lots of these things that maybe in bigger countries with a higher population you might really need a label to kind of like swing for you um, whereas here I feel like there is a lot of that stuff that you can really achieve by yourself and you can do it quickly. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. but I guess there's at a certain point, you just have to weigh up, um, I guess what, uh, what you can do independently versus what, a label can actually offer you that you might not be able to do yourself. And often that comes in the form of like the financial investment. So, Obviously, as independent artists, we're, we're investing our own money into what we do and we're paying for our own, you know, I guess aside from the funding that we, if you're lucky to get funding from New Zealand on air, but, you know, we're funding photo shoots and videos and studio time and buying beats from people and all of that. So I guess labels can assist with that in a way that might be bigger than you could ever do yourself. But I think it's very case by case. And I would say... I would say that the in New Zealand, if you're like an up-and-coming artist, the best thing to do is get the ball rolling for yourself first and then you become maybe a little bit more, you know, you get a little bit more knowledge on the music industry here and you might meet some people and then you can kind of make an informed decision about whether it's the right thing for you um, personally. Um, and because that, that would differ depending on genre too, right? Like, a pop artist might be yeah. having a completely different conversation. I like a pop artist who has potential to be playing on ZM and The Edge um, 
that might be a really different conversation versus like an underground hip hop artist who might only get played on BFM. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like depending yeah. on what you do and how you want to do it. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't say that labels are like, I think that they do get a bad rap and I, I've heard some horror stories, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I've been hesitant, you know, like I have been approached by labels in New Zealand um, and I did obviously didn't sign with them. Um, but I don't think that that means that it's always bad. I think some people have really mm. positive experiences with labels too. So it's just yeah. really important that you yeah. have all your knowledge. The worst thing to do is to sign when you don't know what anything means. You don't have the, mm. you know, maybe the mentorship to understand what you're actually signing um, and what that mm. means for your career. I think that's where people get into yeah. trouble, you know. Yeah, I would say maybe like if you, when you're buying a house, you have a lawyer look through, you know, whatever lawyers look through. I think that when you're investing in yourself, um, especially with mm. music, if you do get certain deals, I think I think it, it pays to have someone who works in the legal field or in the music legal world to mm. have a look mm. at documentations or contracts for you if you do need the help. Yeah, 100%. 100%. This has been a really insightful conversation, Jess. Thanks. I've, I've stored up a lot of knowledge over the years, so it's good to get some, some <laughs> off. And I was really lucky. Like, I had a mentor when I first came into the scene. So, you know, a lot yeah. of that, a lot of the stuff that I learned on the go was from someone who had already been very, very experienced themselves in the industry. So I guess, like, you just got to pass mm. on whatever you learn. Because you are an independent artist, how do you find time to balance being your own creative director the rapper and do you produce as well I don't I would love to I would love to learn a little bit I, I kind of know that I know the basics and the fundamentals um I'm pretty nifty at getting around logic but I've actually never really pursued it but I would love to though I also want to learn how to produce yeah well. yeah for sure because <laughs> I think sometimes you have all these ideas and it's hard to Yes. translate them to yes. someone else yes sometimes. exactly <laughs> exactly yeah so how do you find time to be the creative director to be the one that's um if you do look over contracts like how do you find time to to wear so many different hats um well that's a good question I think um well I have so I have a manager so my manager sort of, I guess, handles the maybe more of like the the wheeling and dealing, the business side of things. So um, he will talk directly with, um, you know, brands and uh, the Orchard, my distro label, um, you know, all those different sorts of things. Um, and then I also have a booking agent who helps me book shows. So I guess those guys are part of my team and they help me sort of they take a little bit of that load off mm. but in saying that like the reality is now like being a creative is really hard and you have to be really good at you know organizing lots of different things um and you know even now with social media it's like you know managing that and making sure that's you know staying up to date and relevant and true to the brand that you have like you know the artist image and the brand that you have um, and all the rest of it, you know, that's all part of it. So it does get hard. I'd lie, I'd be lying if I say it isn't really hard sometimes, but I think I've always been pretty like 
motivated and also quite disciplined. Like, and I, and I um, attribute that to my sporting background. Like I'm very, I'm quite good at setting goals and then kind of working towards them. But yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard, you know, <laughs> like, um, but you just got to do what you could do, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. So I kind of do everything that I have to, to make sure that that doesn't change, you know, and that I can keep doing music forever. Thank you so, no so, worries. so much for chatting with me Thank today. you for having me. I hope that you can come back and um, have more conversations. I would be honoured. I would be honoured, sis. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You were listening to The Songwriter's Diary. Special thanks to Jess B for sharing her music journey today. As always, thanks for listening. Peace and love. Love and light. Love, Makuka.